Cole Roland, welcome to the Studio Corner, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hi. It is uh, it is nothing short of an honor and a pleasure to be interviewing someone at your level of talent, skill, and exposure. I mean, amazing. Just amazing what you're doing. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Um, so before we get into all the cool stuff, I want to know something deep. I ask all guitar players this question, and I think it's an important one. Are you able, or just try, to describe the feeling you get when you're playing in your like most intense moment? Um, I think there's different levels of that, because there is covering Dragon Force intense, where I'm <laughs> in physical pain. <laughs> um and then there is the I, I'm like lost in the music, like I, I almost it's like a surreal kind of feeling where you know it's just like my comfort zone. Um, I recently did a show with an electronic music group called Adventure Club, and we played the Hollywood Palladium in Los Angeles. And I thought that we we played for a sold out venue, and it was five thousand people. I've never played even close to a crowd like that before, but I did not feel nervous. <laughs> it was it was interesting. Like it, it felt like I belonged in that setting wow. um so that i i think that was that's like a different kind of uh feeling where you're in your comfort zone i i love that that's beautifully said i uh I mean, you. I, i'm i play my own stuff i play small little shows nothing at the hollywood palladium yet but uh no i and i always tell people the same thing you know being on that in front of people playing your music is it just nothing else makes sense more sense than that it's the most comfortable spot in the world and uh, mm -hmm. I'm very happy to hear that. That's 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 totally cool. I saw that post, the Adventure Club thing. How was that playing with uh, an EDM act? I mean, would you call it EDM, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually, if you look back into my videos about two and a half to three years ago at this point, I did a lot of those type of covers because I didn't see any other guitar players doing it. I was really inspired by a drummer, actually. His name is Matt McGuire, and he plays for the Chainsmokers now. Yeah. And... I was inspired by him to kind of start taking on that direction. I always loved that music. And I actually ended up getting some of my best gigs, my best live gigs in that genre. So I'm really glad that I did them. Um, eventually, I think that I, I pulled away from it cover-wise because a lot of the guitar community was more interested in seeing rock metal. And then I've been loving writing my original songs. That's really where my passion's been lately. So. Well, that, that's really interesting because I actually found you through my personal account years ago because of the, the electronic music stuff you were doing with your guitar. Cool. Because I saw that, and I remember thinking to myself, like, this guy right here is one of the most important players we have in the young age, in the young realm, and the new guys coming up because you bridged a gap that was unbridgeable. You bridged a gap that no one was doing, and you're not it's because you had the skill and the, the way you played guitar, no one else was doing it. I didn't quite see it. There was like a texture the way you even like touch, I mean, you would give anybody a guitar with distortion and they'll play something, but the way you were playing literally sounded like you could step on stage with any act, any type of music and pull it off. I mean, thank you, man. So, I mean, what walk me through getting that sound though, because it's so easy to do, you know, go the normal guitar route of play, you know, heavy metal stuff. It's not easy to play it, but to go that route and then to choose to do the EDM kind of um, electronic sound, but through a freaking stringed instrument. Of course. Um, what the way that I've always thought about it is almost trying to emulate a vocal line. And I know a lot of instrumental uh, guitar players, uh, for example, my friend Angel makes instrumental guitar music and he 
always treats it as if like we're you're writing the song for a vocalist but the vocals are going to be your guitar so a lot of it i was trying to emulate the sound of synths um any organic way that i possibly could there was some stuff in post-production for example like sidechain compression but for the most part i'd be trying to emulate the vibratos with the whammy bar or with physical bends slides like whatever i could do to accurately recreate that sound i was trying to do on the guitar yeah that that was that was one of the one of the big things for me i was watching because it was like it wasn't that you had 18 pedals running to make you know all these i know sounds. yeah it was literally that baffles physical people <laughs> well, that's what like i saw that and i was like oh my god this guy there's this, this guy's important and i was thinking about it i was like you know thinking about the guitarist of you know my time you know at my age i'm 25 right now like who are the guitar players me too really nice yeah <laughs> i hope to someday be as good as you <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but I was thinking about, like, who are the guitar players of my time right now that are going to make a difference, that are making a difference, that are redefining guitar? And you and Mateus Asado were the first guitar oh, players. Oh, I love him, man. He's phenomenal. And I kept thinking, I was like, why are those these two guys the first ones coming to mind right now? One, I mean, they're young. And uh, two, you guys have a texture, a literal texture to the way you touch the guitar. When I was being taught guitar, I was always told the right hand is your soul, is your passion, is what you're trying to say. The left hand is just allows you to, you know, it's like a language. And I've always watched the right hand of guitar players and how they touch and the speed that you're playing, the stuff that you're doing with your right hand is literally, it's like, it's like a textured painting. And it blows my mind. I think that is why you are revolutionizing and redefining it. Thank you, man. That was very well said. Um, I've never thought of it that way, but now I will. <laughs> I really, I, I really love the way that you put that. Yeah, I mean, it, it blows my mind, especially the fact that there is no pedals and craziness. I'm like, just <laughs> over and yeah, over. Yeah, actually, head. if we want to talk about that a I'd bit, I can to. kind of, yeah, I can kind of break down how I do that stuff. So my videos are pre-recorded because I love to polish things up and make a really high production. Oh, lost you for a second. Um, you lost me? Just for one second there. You're talking about... Uh, you uh, recorded before you make the videos oh sure yeah so my videos are pre-recorded for the reason that i've always been very um I, I would say my interest has always been into high production um it's just really what i've always found the most appealing i do have live videos on my channel i do live shows and stuff but when it comes to uh producing content for my channel i've really enjoyed kind of going into post and making stuff really polished and professional. So what I did for a lot of the EDM videos is I have all of my effects done on the computer, but they're all like tempo synced. So think of it, if you, if you give yourself the mindset of an electronic music producer, a lot of their effects are automated in post. They're timed to the BPM of the song. And I treated my guitar effects the exact same way to emulate uh, a synthesizer. So I didn't have a lot of analog effects or anything that was kind of like free form in, in terms of time like the delays and reverbs everything was pretty on lock with the time grid for the song so that allowed me to to recreate that song accurately as if it were a synthesizer wow i uh i really i like that because i feel like the one midi controller that's missing right now is a guitar they haven't quite made a guitar midi controller it's, i can't imagine the technology that would go into that and you basically said screw that i'm gonna play the actual guitar Let's put it on it. watch me i am the midi controller <laughs> i think i think that's what um 
may have been appealing about it is that I didn't have, because I'm pretty sure there are MIDI controllers for guitars, maybe not one that's really on the market, but people have certainly made them. So it wasn't like people were watching my videos being like, oh man, he's got this crazy gear. It's like, no, I'm, I'm doing it with a guitar. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all you need. It's just everything else is coming from your body. Um, in your hands and like what you're putting into it. So you're able to physically recreate these sounds yourself. You don't need to figure out how to program all this nutty hardware onto your guitar. You can do it yourself. Yeah, that's uh, I, I love that. I'm I'm really glad you said that. I hope people really take that into account. The fact that you know you can do it with a guitar. I mean, we're we're so open yeah. to such a technological like gold mine that we can become as you know we can try to become as good as you technically and, you know, pour our soul into it, pour our passion into it, and then just make it that much better. And I feel like we, for sure, it's really hard to like grab those two, like that post-production idea of really putting the sound on there and perfecting the guitar playing. I feel like I want people choose one or the other, you know, and uh, bringing it together is a good example. <laughs> I think um, this, this might be a little off topic, but it made you, what you said there made me think of something. Um, as I, a content creator for YouTube, like I have always, I'm always used to like being in charge of everything or having to learn skills myself because I wasn't making money in the beginning at all. Um, so I was like, oh man, like I obviously I can't afford to hire somebody to edit my videos. I had to learn how to do it myself. So it's it's always been a okay, here's, here's what I want to achieve. How do I get there? So I would like watch tutorials constantly on how to like make certain things happen. And you, and you can really do that with a guitar too. Like if somebody watched one of my videos and they're like, Oh man, like how does he do that technique? Like there's, there's resources to make that stuff happen now. Yeah, no, I, I really, I love that because it's, it's the necessity factor. Cause we do live in an age mm -hmm. where like everyone is sitting in their bedroom and creating a lot of great content, a lot of bad content, a lot in between. But the fact is, you know, we have to become our own superpower, our own business, our own entire employee line. You know, the marketer, the the artist, the manager, the production, you know, all that stuff. And it is one click away on YouTube and all the other, you know, tutorials. I mean, even master classes, if you could afford that, are mind blowing what they share. They're, those are phenomenal. Um, are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We. <laughs> Yeah, he's a very he's a huge inspiration. Yeah, what you were saying there cuz I read his book Crushing It last year and it was fantastic. And what you just said there made me think a lot about like what he says. Basically, you have the potential and the capability to make these things happen. What you have to do is just start making it. Like um that's my advice to so many people um where I'll get a direct message or an email and people will be like, "How do I grow my audience?" And I'm like, "Okay, how did I do it?" I just started making stuff i just i i just started po putting videos on the internet not expecting anyone to ever watch them not expecting to make any money from it i just did it because it was fun um just put it out there and see what happens and uh, all of my friends that are successful in their crafts have the same story <laughs> they're like i never thought anyone was gonna like what what i do but it yeah. turned out they did and i would have never known if i didn't try so did you ever struggle with uh, with posting the content and thinking that it wasn't good enough or maybe you're putting too much time into or too much effort into making it a qual like better quality thinking that no one may see it? Like did you ever lose that motivation? Oh man, that's this is super funny. Um, I've talked with friends of mine that like that also make YouTube videos about this thing and it's it's a really interesting correlation between sometimes there's videos that you put so much time and effort into and you're like this is the one this is the big one and it's like 
the, your best production your, in your opinion like your best performance and it does so much worse than a video that you slapped together in a day it's 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 really funny how that works but again too uh thinking of some of like the biggest songs ever some of the most popular songs were written in like 10 15 minutes and then there's songs that people spend x amount of time on that never see the light of day so it's it's interesting how that works like what how to manufacture uh, a successful product that's so true. Did you ever like? Uh, did you ever hit that point and like have a video that you worked really hard on and it didn't do as well? Did you like? I mean, yes. it, had, it had to have felt a little. It had to have been like a little bit of a sore thing. Like, oh shit, I put so much into it. Now it's you know, it's not what I expected to be. Because that there, that's a defining moment in my opinion when you hit that. It's like you did so much, you didn't get quite what you want out of it. It's very easy to give up in that moment. And it stings. <laughs> so yeah, that sting it burns. Like, how do you? Is there something you tell yourself? Is there something you do, or is it just not a big deal to you? How do you move on from that to keep pushing forward? Um, I try not to treat it like it's the end of the world because it really isn't. I would say the worst thing you can do is to let it get you down and to just like stop posting or stop creating altogether. That's the worst thing you can do. I'm definitely an advocate of taking creative breaks. You need to do that um, because people burn themselves out way too often. But in my opinion, the move is to take a step back, take a breather, and then get right on your next piece of content. One thing that I noticed if a video doesn't do as well, what I can do to help boost it is post another video um, well-timed after. And then that video is going to be in the playlist. That's going to be in the queue for people to automatically watch that one next if, if they choose to. So that's going to help. That's going to help. It's going to help boost a video that may not have done as well by following it up with something that maybe did better. So it's literally like using your content to expose the other content specifically. Mm -hmm. That's, that's incredible. That's genius. I love that. So, um, so guitar wise, um, when you, I mean, how long have you been playing? First off, uh, I've been playing fifteen, almost sixteen years, because I'm twenty six at the end of this year. I started playing when I was ten. Okay, so when you started playing guitar, was it a hobby thing? Was it like this is what I want to do with my life? Did you know you were going to become one of the best ever? <laughs> oh man, I was ten years old. I had no idea. I had no idea. Was it just like I a cool thing was... to do? Um, I. This is funny. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this story on podcasts before, but I started playing. My dad just kind of left uh, his old guitars out one day, and me and my younger brother Carter, uh, he's also a phenomenal musician, um, we just kind of picked them up and started messing around with them. I really took to the more like classic rock route because my dad was always playing like Van Halen and, and Zeppelin nice. and stuff like that. And I remember watching a Van Halen live dvd it was with sammy hagar and they kicked that dvd off with this like really killer guitar battle and i was like oh my god that is like even as like a 10 year old kid i was like i want to know how to do that like i want to i want to be that um so that really sparked it off for me and my friend david i was we were like great friends and still are really good friends um but i don't see him too often anymore he is just so talented at everything he does and he picked up the guitar shortly after i did and just became way better than me and i was like man this is supposed to be my thing um <laughs> so that actually like we we always had like pretty friendly competition um even at a really young age and that 
motivated me to get really good at that because I was like, man, he's good at everything. Like, this has got. I, this I want has to be mine. <laughs> yeah, this has to be my thing. You're not taking this away from me. Well, thank God for <laughs> I'm <really>. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if he hears this, he'll laugh because he'll remember it so clearly. So, you're at a level that you know most guitars guitarists only dream of getting skill wise and even exposure and social media. You have this huge following. You have this huge brand. You have all this stuff. Why haven't you ever considered joining a band and going on tour? Um, it's a great question. I have at times like dabbled in the band thing, probably about five, almost six years ago. It didn't end up really taking off, but a really positive experience. A couple things that I really took away from that experience that were really good for me were one coming out of my shell a lot and like um meeting a lot of people in a short period of time like making new friends because i used to be really really shy um that has been one thing that i took away from that and have really uh kind of kind of ran with after but um and another thing is in that i learned how i shadowed a couple producers and songwriters and saw how they worked and that's where i really got into wanting to learn how to how to produce because it's the way that you can make your ideas come to life. And that has become the most fascinating thing, um, in music for me. So do you so, produce other artists? I don't, I, I have so much like as a content creator for YouTube, like your, your schedule, if you're doing it full time, your schedule is jam packed constantly, uh, just working on the next thing. Um, but I could see myself in the future, definitely producing or, or writing for other people when, you know, potentially, let's say YouTube disappears. <laughs> if YouTube disappears, um, or maybe, you know, my interests change, I could definitely see that being uh, a path in my future. Touring wise, that doesn't as much appeal to me right now. But if the right offer came along, I would probably consider it. I don't know, I, I personally just I love working and collaborating with others and like the comfort of my studio or, you know, going out to play shows here and there like maybe like guesting i i love doing that stuff where um like the, for the adventure club one is a great example where they're like hey can you fly down to la for the night and play the show with us and i love doing stuff like that so the spotlight on the stage isn't exactly what your your goal is then um i don't know if if excessive amounts of travel is appealing to me at least right now um i just i i love working in the studio i just love it <laughs> Absolutely, man. I uh, look at. I've been watching all your videos and looking at your rig and all your guitars. And I'm just like, Jesus, I would never leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I, I trust me, I don't. <laughs> so you were talking about your YouTube, your jam packed schedule. Like I was, I mean, I was looking at your Patreon account, and you offer so much for patri for patrons and so many different tiers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you. It's not even just YouTube. It's the amount of content you're putting out is absolutely insane. Like I, how does one person manage that? How do you manage that? Do you have a team? Is it just you? That's it's wild. Um, it's just me, but I, I do have a videographer and I hire him to shoot my videos. And anytime I get photos done, obviously I hire my photographer, excuse me, hire uh, my photographer friends. But yeah, um, I've obviously, I, I've considered, uh, I think the net, the next thing that I would source out would either be audio mixing or would be video editing because they are probably the more tedious or more daunting tasks that, after a long time of doing it, they get very repetitive. Like I feel like I could like sleepwalk my way through a video edit now. So you <laughs> I still just have do done the it editing. so many times. I still do the editing. 
I'm very particular with it though. And that's why it's hard to let it go and, and give someone else the reins. But yeah, like I, I pretty well do everything. I, I have a great system. I am super organized. Um, it'd be funny. It would be funny to actually show people how like color coded and organized my really? computer is. Yeah. I'm all over it because like there's, there's so many different things because it's, it, it's evolved from just creating videos to the point where I'm, I'm running a business, a business, running a business and, uh, and developing a brand. So you have to be very organized with that. Yeah. You actually have one of the best brands I've seen on social media for a guitar player. I mean, the logo, Thank you. The, I mean, it, every, the way you do it is so methodical. It's, you know, it's obviously methodical, but even in the areas that you wouldn't think it's, it's, it seems very, very thought through. So Thank you, man. I mean, that has to come with a lot of experience, right? I mean, you had to have started somewhere and realize, okay, the next step is I have to be able to do this. The next step is this. De uh, definitely. Actually, a friend of mine, uh, and I previously mentioned him on this podcast, his name's Angel Vivaldi. If you've heard of him before, he is such a badass, um, really incredible musician, just all around great dude, and a master of branding and marketing. Really great. So I took a lot of inspiration with him and I've had some very great conversations with him about this. So did you start on YouTube then or was it social media? I mean, what really, what was, what got you the most exposure? It's funny. Uh, great timing is uh, what got me the most exposure. And I didn't even, I didn't even realize it at the time, but Guitar Hero 3 was really, really big in 2008, 2009, around that. And I did a cover of Through the Fire and Flames by Dragon Force. Uh, a pretty shoddy cover of it, but I posted it and it just garnered a bunch of views. With, I, I didn't, I posted it and I didn't even think about it afterwards. I was just like, okay, I'll throw this up on the internet. And I remember someone at my high school coming up to me, someone that I never really talked to much, yeah. like I'd see them around, but they came up to me and they're like, man, your video has over a hundred thousand views on it. And at that time, you know, it's my only video. It's 2009 YouTube. I'm blown away and yeah. I was like, maybe I can actually make something happen here. And the next thing I put out was like an original song, two original songs in a row. And I they, love that. I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, it I was interesting. And go ahead. No, I was, I'm just laughing because I remember that whole, uh, that whole craze over that song. I remember when the when it came out, the the video game came out, and then through the fire and flames became like this huge thing. It had like a reboot to the song, and everyone was crazy. About yeah, it. And it was like all anyone talked about. I mean, being a guitar player, everyone asked you, "Can you play it? Can you play it? Can you play it?" And to have you know for you to just release a video, just and have that. I mean, that just blows my mind. That is so great. I'm so happy someone capitalized on that. <laughs> oh man, I, I feel like there's been a few people that have it and I redid it last year and it is by far my most popular video. I saw it, so yeah. I guess that's my, I guess it's my legacy, but, um, <laughs> that, yeah, that song is definitely the most challenging thing I've ever t attempted. Not only is it hard to memorize all those parts, it is physically exhausting to play. <laughs> I, don't know how he does that. I would love to see you and Herman Lee sit down and do it together. <laughs> We've talked about it. Um, I met him at Nam very, very briefly because it at Nam it is not uh, in the actual convention center. It's not a place really to have like really long conversations because it it is so loud and so busy. Yeah. But um, he mentioned something about like he he does a lot of Twitch live streams. So I would actually I think it would be really cool if the next time that I did a Dragon Force cover, which will probably be in a few months if I got him on it and we shot it in person. That so would be that, wild. 
you got the exclusive scoop on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to that because that is just that's like that that tier one guitar playing that top tier or whatever it is. It's uh, it's it blows my mind. Uh, yeah, I remember I remember watching it. I was like, geez, how? Just watching you, I was tired. I was like, man, he's like, it's not even just the fingers. Like he's moving. His body is physically having to do this. It's wild. Story. Oh man. The craziest thing about that day too is after that we so we wrapped that video which took a good two to three hours to shoot um just because of multiple camera takes we don't we don't have five cameras so um we do it in multiple shots but after that we packed up all the video gear went to a storage container um about 10 minutes down the road and shot my original music video in there which it was like a million degrees and we were running this portable generator in there to get all the lights and stuff that i i slept probably 12 hours that night um double video shoot and one was a music video so so you're you're like full throttle on the they mean the image the the scene the setting i think it has a lot to do with why it's so pleasing to watch your videos because it's not even i mean it's a lot to do with your talent and you know the songs that you're covering or the original songs it's incredible but like it's so easy to watch you play you know, you're excited, you're happy when you do it, but the scene, it's, I don't think, uh, I think a big thing is people don't realize how important not just the sound is, but the actual scenery of what's going on. It's super appealing. So how did you, how did you enhance that? Like your studio, you have the two lights in the back with your guitar, you have that little stool, you have the little, the scene, your set that you play in. How did you come up with that whole thing? I can't remember um, what it was. I remember back like years and years and years ago, uh, Luke Holland, uh, is a really phenomenal drummer and he was shooting really good high quality studio videos and i always wanted to aspire to something like that um, i think that's where some of the inspiration for it came from a lot of my inspiration comes from youtube drummers actually i feel like i resonate with that community much better um so like tobis matt mcguire christina Shiano, and uh luke holland i've always like really admired not only like their their skill and their talent, but the audio quality, their production quality is fantastic. So is that where you got the ideas for the lighting and the different angles and whatnot? You kind of just learn from them? I guess so. I really like... Oh, we lost you for a second there. Uh, you really... Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, you really like what? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I really love cinematic shots. So we actually, we shoot all of my moving angles on. So you get the really like smooth shots. Yeah. The, it feels like you have like 30 guys in there shooting your videos. It's <laughs> a lot of guys. I'll say that it, just, it feels like you just have this entire team making this happen. And it's so cool to hear that. It's just really you. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool to hear that it's just you and your, you know, your friend that does the video because it it's really an incredible production. There's so much work put into it, and I feel like everyone's trying to be the next YouTuber, the next, you know, Instagram following, you know, whatever it is. And as musicians, we need that. We want that. We live in a world where we need that. You know, however we want to succeed, whatever we're going to be, whatever we're going to do. And it's so easy just to post nonsense all day. But to post as that consistently and have the production at your level, it's really cool to hear about, you know, it may feel like it's going to take a lot to make it that level, but it's, you know, it's just time and busy work. It's not this like crazy budget, right? It's no, it's really not, man, because I, 
see a, a lot of channels that I enjoy watching. They simply just shoot it in like a bedroom. Um, I, I honestly, I love podcast style content. It's probably what I listen to or watch the most, but I, I see that a lot. Like you really don't need a, a fancy studio to succeed. A lot of the musicians that have really, really big followings, you know, they don't have uh, like a crazy budget setup. you know, they just set up a camera and, and they just play. Yeah. The, the content is quality is, is really, really good. I mean, and like I put it this way, I just bought lights because I'm going to, I'm going to be putting my podcast on YouTube. I got two cameras, you know, I've been building up that whole situation. And I was like, Oh man, how do I go about lights? These things are like $700 for one of these crazy lights. And I went on Amazon. I'm like, it's 70 bucks for two lights that literally make a set look movie ready. And yeah, man, you, you don't need to spend insane budget. You really don't. So, so that's great. So when you, when you first started, you know, regarding the budget, like, you know, you, you have all these guitars, you have the studio, you have the room. Like, how did you get into that place before you started posting so much content to, uh, to start actually making a living doing this? Oh man. Uh, I, I guess I can kind of go through like the chronological timeline I'd of stuff to. here. So um, when I was 15, I made that Dragon Force video and I did it on my parents' camcorder that they used to like bring on family vacations and stuff. So zero budget there. Um, awesome. <laughs> zero editing and audio production budget because <laughs> I'm not editing anything. It was just live. But I, it, the guitar, my, my first Ibanez guitar, I used to work at a coffee shop and I remember spending like an entire summer's paycheck on that guitar. It's my baby. Hell and yeah. I... And I, I don't play it anymore. I'm, I'm on an exclusivity contract with Kiesel Guitars. I'm so proud to be with them. They're a phenomenal company, like a, a dream sponsor of mine. But uh, I keep that Ibanez guitar in a glass case in my studio because it's just like the, the sentimental value of it to me is unmatched. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that started. And then I went to college a couple videos later. And I started <laughs> a couple of videos later and I started covering songs that my friends would listen to at parties. And that was always fun for everyone to like request stuff. Cause they'd be like, Oh man, this is like this new Rihanna song came out or whatever was popular at the time. They're like, you should do this one. And then by like the next weekend, I already had it done. And then we'd be like listening to it. Well, we'd all be hanging out together. You're an animal. So yeah, wow. <laughs> I've always been, always been like that. But, um, yeah, that that was like exciting for everybody. And then I saw I remember walking through the halls in my college dorm and like hearing a couple different rooms, like on the way to my room, like hearing a couple different rooms listening to my latest video. And I was like, this is crazy. This is cool. So I, I kind of just rolled with that. The new age of rock stars. Jesus walking down the hallway and <laughs> everyone listening to your videos. <laughs> I am. I'm not a rock star. <laughs> well, it's it, I. Seems like it. You play like one. Thanks, man. Or, uh, <laughs> it's nice to it's nice to talk to someone that has such a huge following and is doing so uh, doing so well in the music, especially as a guitar player. And be humble and be kind. It's a uh, it's a big thing that I feel like is kind of happening again. You know, we're getting a lot of people are being a lot nicer mm -hmm. to each other. Like you know, even on social media, I've I've been I've been following you and noticing that you you respond to comments, you respond to DMs. Always. You, you and it's not just like because you're trying to tell people like oh yeah i'm here it's because it's it you can tell that you care you're happy to be who you are and that is such a huge statement in my opinion i love that i'm very very excited about that i think uh people should take that page out of your book um definitely does it, man does it ever get exhausting with the social media always having to respond and always having people hitting you up 
Uh, yes, I would love to talk about this. Yes, I, I'm <laughs> um, very curious. Yeah, so social media in itself, you you need to. Uh, it's it's tough. How do I want to say this? Because at times, and I know a lot of people that feel the same way about this. I, I like it in in doses because what I personally, what I really love to do is create and then share it with the world. Um, I don't particularly, at least at this point, um, enjoy scrolling through social media for hours and hours and hours. I don't really like doing it that much, but part of growing on social media is interacting with others. I love interacting with my friends and like, if they post something like I love like retweeting it or, or replying to them and be like, man, this is awesome. Um, I, I love doing that because not only because they're awesome, but because they do it for me too. And, um, and promotion is a two way street. You can't always, uh, it's, I, I can't remember the Gary Vaynerchuk like quote, but he always has, I think it's like jab, jab, right hook. So it's like every couple things that you give, then you can like ask for something back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like an interesting, like give and take thing. So you, you have to think of it as, as a two way street. You can't always just expect people to, to share your stuff and then never respond back to people or, you know, never retweet your friends or people in your industry that uh, are doing well, because, you know, that stuff goes a long way. Like if, if a friend of mine retweets one of my videos, I'm like, Oh, you didn't have to do that. That was really nice. So well, I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing that I feel like reason a big thing that made social media such a big, uh, just a big thing wasn't the fact that we could all share our lives. It was also the fact that we could share our lives with the people that we love, with our heroes, with our you know, with the celebrities or whatever those people that seems up on you know on top of Mount Olympus. You know, everyone kind of came to the same level and said, "Hey, we're all people. We can talk to each other here." And like having that personal experience with someone that does have that huge following that may be, you know, out of this world and not like someone else running their account, like that really makes a huge difference. That's why we go on social media. That's why we follow our favorite artists and musicians. Like, hey, he responded. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's the biggest thing ever to know that there's a real person there. That's how we get. Yeah, it, like it humanizes them, right? Because um, yeah. you always think of like what you just said, you know, you kind of think of celebrities or maybe people that you look up to as like maybe an unattainable level of success but it's i don't know everyone's just we're all people yeah we're all people i I mean and i I really really i really dig it it's um it brings us closer together however there is the abusive side of it where fans badger famous people and they send all this yes constant and i wonder if you ever get like you know kind of the that side of things where it's like the negativity of it do people ever come Um, that? i'm very very fortunate to not have to deal with that much of it um, I, I honestly, I, I love my audience. They are so sweet. <laughs> it's, it's very, very rare. Like, I, I think the worst I would get is maybe people saying that, like, I, I'm a phony. <laughs> it's really not that bad. It's it doesn't really hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. That's like the worst that I get. Uh, or I get, I get pretty boy a lot, but that doesn't really hurt my feelings either. <laughs> like, um, That's a compliment, isn't it? I, I guess so. It depends on who it's from, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I find that amusing. I, to be honest, man, and, and I'm just going through my comments because I, I do answer 99% of stuff. I see what people say, and for example, I just posted a video a couple hours ago before we got on here, and like everyone is just so positive and great, and I, I try not to take that for granted. It is funny how 
you can have so much positivity. Like every comment I'm answering is, is really sweet and really nice. And then like one, com- one negative comment will be the one you focus on. It's like, I'm like, why is that? I don't know. I don't know why, but it's funny. Well, we put ourselves out there, you know, even if we've been doing it, you know, done a thousand videos, it's still a vulnerable state. You know, it's still sitting down mm-hmm. and showing ourselves. So if someone has something bad to say, it's like, oh my God, is it true? I mean, it's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think my strife with that is that I wouldn't do that. Like, I don't know. Even if I don't like something, I just don't watch it. Or I just, yeah, there's so much stuff out there to watch or there, there's such an overload of media to consume that I don't, I'm not going to waste my time on something I don't like, nor, nor am I going to like waste my time typing out a super mean comment. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll just, just move along. That's it. And I think, I think that's what um, I find interesting about it is that like someone took the time to like think that out and be like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to like ruin this person's day or try, <laughs> but it's funny. They spent more energy than you ever will. <laughs> yeah it's so it's it's super weird um so do you ever have to like actually take a full break of social media like you don't go on instagram you don't go on twitter you don't go on youtube like you just take a week off and just don't go on i still lurk i mean i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm still on it but i won't like post as much i think that sometimes i need to take a break from it my, my mind because i don't really have as much of like a, a comedic mind or like a motivational personality. I just like to post nice pictures and videos. Like I've always, I think I take the most pride in a high production video shoot or like a really cool, unique photo shoot, something like that, or like promoting brands that I really love. That's what I take the most pride in. And sometimes I need to take a step back and create that content before I start posting it again. Um, because to maintain that pace consistently is it's a lot of work yeah. and it shows in your work if you're burnt out. So I think that people need to, when you work for yourself, you need to know when to tell yourself to take a break. You said it shows when you people are burnt out. I mean, can you, can you tell in YouTube videos when people are putting out too much content, you can tell that they're not quite up to par? 100%. Are there like signs? Especially, especially if they're my friends. Yeah. I mean, what, what would be some signs that you would notice? Some things that would tell you that? Um, lack of enthusiasm, probably. Lack of, um, aside from like the physical appearance of somebody just looking exhausted, yeah. probably just a lack of enthusiasm. And I can, like I said, I can tell a lot if the person is a good friend of mine, um, because I know what they're like. Yeah. So, and when I, when I tell you guys stuff, or I tell the audience stuff that I'm excited about. Um, you know, I, I want to feel genuine excitement. I don't want to be, you know, putting on a face just to do that. That's not me. And if I am feeling like that, I'll take a step back and just relax and then shoot the, the talking section or shoot that announcement again, because I'm like, no, you should be really happy about this. And sometimes, I don't know, everyone everyone has a bad day or everyone yeah. gets overwhelmed with other things in life. So, you know, I always want to make sure that I give you guys the best. That's such a healthy way to do things. I, I feel like you're avoiding mm-hmm. a huge stress factor in the industry because yeah. that feeling of like, oh, no, I didn't post. Oh, no, I have to post all this stuff. Oh, my God. I <laughs> That is a horrible feeling. I personally felt it. It is, man. Yeah, it, it, dude, it, it is. You make a really good point. With that, and I feel as if a lot of social media 
platforms kind of breed that mentality and it, it drives me nuts because like it's like okay this is like the best time to post or you know instagram changed up changed up its algorithm and the whole world gets flipped upside down i'm like oh man just <laughs> try not to get caught up on that um because it's gonna keep happening i mean i've been making videos for 10 years stuff happens and you have to readapt and that is what uh allows people to have sustainable careers in it when I see somebody that has been very successful and had a really long, sustainable career in entertainment for a long time, that is so impressive to me. Yeah, especially when they're uh, they're independent, like self-run. They're doing you know, working for themselves. Yeah, and we for live, sure. We live I, in an age where artists can do that. And that's phenomenal. It is. It's a really great opportunity. It's a it's a lot of work, but in in the end, you know, you get to do what you love for a job. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's pretty badass. It's not, you're not going to top that one. Um, so your success, your success in working for yourself, if, there, if, if we were to make a recipe and put it into a pot and pot you know, release, you know, being the dish of success, what were the, so I'm going to throw out some <laughs> like ingredients. I'm going to throw out some ingredients and from what I'm hearing from you. So one is okay. authenticity. Be your real self uh, yes. down to your core. Uh, with that comes the idea of, like you just said, if you don't feel like yourself, don't pretend to be. Yep, um, I agree with that. And another one is the posting. So you're all about a very fine production, a good production, because you care about that. So I think from yeah. that, what I'm grabbing from that is the idea of you have to care about what it is you care about. And not. So if someone that doesn't care that much about production and just cares about you know putting a camera on them and just you know one angle playing a guitar shouldn't have to put all their energy into production, or should they have to change what they care about? Um, I would say... But it, it, because it is uh, an art form, it, it's subjective. I mean, I like I said earlier, I know tons of people that just play in their bedroom and set up a camera and they get so many views. And, it, and people like that content style. I feel maybe it's um, – I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. But maybe it's almost more relatable to the masses because it's like, Oh, you know, I could just pick up my guitar and, and film myself on my phone right now and make yeah. the same kind of style of video. So it is cool. Um, whereas, you know, if you see a major production music video, people are like, I can't just go up and do that right now. That takes a lot of planning and effort. So it's, it's almost like less relatable in, in a way. As I like that you said that because I, it was a, one of my friends was talking to me the other day and telling me that he read an article or read something that said that selfie videos are getting more uh, have more attraction to them than actually like actual like you know people setting up their camera doing other stuff right now because it feels more relatable and I'm like that blows it's, my it's mind. very true that blows mm -hmm. my mind it, though it's I, I I agree with that I think that's a an interesting point interesting thought because I don't know let's say who who's who is someone that lives an absurd life. Dan Bilzerian, yeah, <laughs> that go. guy, that guy's not relatable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his life is not relatable. So you know, people see that and they're like, "Oh, whatever." Like he's uh, just rich and lives this insane life. I can't relate to this in any way. Whereas you know, uh, I think PewDiePie does a really good job of this. He just films himself in. He doesn't have like a super fancy room or anything. He's not like flaunting his money it's just whatever he's just in a gaming chair with a gaming headset on and, yeah. and records himself talking and people love it 
Well, that, I think that's why podcasts have uh, only done better over the years and are only going to continue to get better because I love them. Well, it's not news and it's not a TV show. It's, you know, we can put our headphones in or even on YouTube and we can sit at the table with two people that we like or how yeah. many people. And I think that like takes the idea of social media and turns it into some sort of broadcasting way because it's not radio, but it's it's literally like sitting in on a conversation like hanging out one night with someone and that has brought people to such a, a mindset of like, I want to feel that everywhere I go. So maybe that's why the selfie video has become so much better. Yeah. I think I personally, that's why I love them because I do travel quite a bit and, uh, and I'll travel by myself to my destination to, to be with friends or whatever. And I feel less like lonely, <laughs> uh, traveling by myself. I, I would say because I feel like I'm, like I'm always listening to like a podcast or a conversation or something. Yeah, I, it's it's unreal. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> um, it's interesting. So what are the other ingredients for you? Like what would you say? Is it a Patreon account? Is it giving people stuff to pay you for? Is it, you know, what what are the ingredients to the success factor? Hmm. I guess success definitely has a financial section to it because you need money to do things. You have to. One thing I was always reluctant to do for the longest time was to reinvest into my videos and i started doing once i started doing that and being like less afraid to do it then i saw that it really paid off but yeah definitely um keeping things fresh and interesting is a point that i want to make because you know it's it's easy to just get into that routine it's it's exciting to try new stuff for example i love to do stuff on photoshop and i love to take photos and I, a lot of people don't know that i do that but it's interesting for me because it's different than my daily routine like playing guitar is five percent of what i do i feel at this point wow. it's there's there's a lot more to it like i manage myself which I don't mind doing, <laughs> but, uh, I do all of that. I, you know, run all of the stuff for my business. I work everything on the back end. I update my website. Um, there's, there's so much more to it than meets the eye. People are like, Oh, you're such a great guitar player. I'm like, man, I do a lot more than just play guitar. And I, I would say the things outside of playing guitar are the things that I'm the most proud of. Um, because, they didn't come as natural to me. They were, they were things that I had to work really hard to learn and I had to make a lot of mistakes yeah. in order to get better at them. Yeah. That's, that's some, everything you just said is incredibly important to me. I, uh, you know, I mean, take this the podcast, for example, I was just a random idea that, you know, whole story behind it, but I never done anything like this. I had no idea how to run all this stuff. And it was literally just, I sat down one day yeah. and started learning one thing after the other. And then, it's I, I I get the feeling it's a very gratifying thing, you know, because you you have your passion, you have something that comes easy to you to some to a certain extent, and then having to succeed in the at least in the financial world and the exposure world, you have to learn all those things. And let me just say, the photos mm-hmm. you're taking and editing are freaking badass. I thank love, you, man. Yeah, I, I love the stuff. I I love your page. I love your content. It's 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 very it's right up my alley for the appreciation factor. <laughs> Thanks, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that is something with me personally, and I I, I did take uh, some inspiration from my friend Angel on this too. I think what sets us apart from a lot of people that do 
the online guitar thing. Angel does a lot more like touring and, and live stuff, yeah. really high production music videos. But what I think separates me, I'm going to call put it in the category of YouTube guitarist is that I do really like having like nice, high quality photos. Like I do professional photo shoots. Um, I do professional music video shoots. Um, so that, that stuff stands out a lot more than, you know, kind of like the run of the mill standard guitar cover. Yeah. I mean, I, once again, for me personally, I I appreciate that a lot. I really, really appreciate that. And I get, I I understand the whole like low budget, low quality, like relatable factor, but I I think there's a, I think there's a place for that. I think there's a place for both sides of it in any career and any sort of, uh, any sort of goal. And oh, and I've been there, man. Like I, like when I first went to college, you know, I didn't have really a spot to shoot. So I was setting up my phone, just propping it up on my desk and recording myself playing guitar at my desk. Or I was asking people down the hall if they had 20 minutes to come shoot a video for me on my phone. Yeah. Like I've, I've been there. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I hope people really listen to that because it's the necessity factor. Like, hey, if you need something, you can find a way to do it. Yeah, definitely. And like, I was like a full-time student, just like living away from home for the first time. So I'm making new friends. I'm like trying to stay on top of my health and fitness. I'm not at home. Right. So you got to be on, on top of all your stuff. Like you're grocery shopping for yourself. Now you're <laughs> taking care of all yourself. You're at a new school, meeting all new people. And then on top of that, I was like, man, I just like really want to make these YouTube videos. And I actually, I think I feel like the YouTube videos was a great way to for me to make a lot of friends because it was a really good icebreaker um a lot of people knew about it so they would ask about that and then it would be a good icebreaker for me to be like oh like you know what are you what are your interests so nice it helped a lot in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um so your youtube videos i'm going to change gears here for a second um your YouTube videos, a lot of them are cover songs. And I was reading your Patreon account, and some of, a lot of the songs can only be done on YouTube and can't be posted to Spotify or like Apple Music. Yes. And I'm, I'm assuming that's because of copyright and you know the rights to be able to do that. Yeah, if you use the master, which, for example, today I uploaded a guitar cover of the new Slipknot song. And I, (laughs) thanks man. Yeah, it was, it's a fun one. It's really heavy. But, um, if you use the master track, then you can't do that. Um, with publishing music, there are two different things that you can own, uh, is the publishing rights and then the sound recording. So if I do a cover and I recorded everything myself from scratch, for example, my cover of blue or eye of the tiger, I did those full production from scratch. So I own the sound recording. I can actually publish that. I just have to purchase a covering license. So interesting. that's interesting. the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. So if you just want to like have the, the MP3 basically of the song playing and then play over it, you can't post that. You can't, no. So how do, how do you feel about that whole artist sharing music? Like, you know, there was the whole Tom Petty thing and the whole, uh, was it Aerosmith that sued the Verve? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, and like that whole like rule basically talking about you can't steal the riff or whatever it is. And I, I mean, I agree to that to a certain extent for sure, but I feel like now to the point where, um, there's such little things that you can, you can't get away with anymore. Like, how do you feel about that whole area of artists being able to come in and say, Hey, you're, you can't use this or you can't play over this, for example. Like you can't play over someone's song that's already posted on the streaming platforms. It's already, you know, clearly their song and clearly all that stuff. You can't uh, post yourself playing over it because you loved it. 
How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> that's my, that's my like knee jerk reaction to it because, and I know it's different probably when, you know, publishers and labels and all the execs and stuff get involved in the release of a record. Um, but from in my position, if somebody covered one of my songs, I I'm stoked. Like, I think that's super cool that you loved it enough to want to do that. So that, that I think that's where my difference on that goes, but it's not like I have super strict copyright laws and it's not like there's other people taking a piece of my pie. Yeah, it's true by doing that. So I, I, I uh, it is, it's kind of like a complex situation in that sense and also too a lot of those um older generation musicians this is like the new wave where oh man um there's i i've had my network take down probably 15 plus channels over the past few months that all they do is just download my videos and repost them so that is that is frustrating to me and especially if they did that and then like one of the videos went viral i would be like oh what the (laughs) come on (laughs) so well, see, um, that's such a difference, though. There's stealing content, then there's like praising what someone's done. Yeah, and I think that is where I my in- instinct was to like disagree with that because I feel by covering Slipknot's new song per se, like I'm promoting it. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a formidable audience. I'm actually drawing traffic to that new song and that release, and and I have done that. Um, I called. I call it doing an official cover where an artist has released a new single. Uh, I've talked to their management and been like, Hey, can we whitelist or release the copyright claim on my video um, as kind of a trade off for me covering your new single and promoting it on to my audience. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but um, that has been a, a workaround or a compromise I've done in the past in order to monetize those videos. I didn't know that was a, that was a thing. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, I'm very it is a thing. Um, it is difficult to pull off if you don't already if you don't already have a really good connection. Yeah. Because some people are reluctant to give you that opportunity, but if you can make a hell of a pitch, it's worth a shot. Yeah, I mean, because for me, it's like you take a band like Slipknot. You know, they're it's not like they're not known, and yeah. someone does a cover of their song and post, and it's a great cover. I mean, it's I. I don't see it taking away from the, their song itself. I think it, like you said, only bringing more traffic to their song. Um, so there, there's there's a lot of gray areas, and I understand like that a lot more than just the band go into the recording and the promoting. And the, yeah. And I get that everyone has to get paid and everyone's putting their work in, but I don't know. I feel like there needs to be a line drawn. Like it should. There's. I mean, if if Cole Roland covers these badass songs that are well known i want to be able to li- drive in my car and put on spotify and listen to his cover and listen to that song i know man honestly if that if that was a thing and if m- all of those videos could be monetized it would change my life like straight up yeah. <laughs> but I would th- they can't be <laughs> it really would man it, it really really would so before we go here before we uh call it a episode i want to know because you're you're capable of pretty much anything with a guitar. And I truly believe that you, as a guitar player, I've been playing for 20 years and doing, you've been in music my whole life. Um, I appreciate what you're doing and I respect what you're doing, but I really want to know if there was like an end goal, like if there was like a peak, uh, perfect situation, dream, whatever it is, what would it be for you? 
Um, in terms of in terms of what as I'm a sorry, guitar player, like personally, like do you want to be the fastest and the best, or do you you know, and then uh, everything else outside of person, like do you want to be a rock star? Do you want to be famous? Do you want to be the best producer to ever come around? You know, what what's what's that huge dream? Um, oh man, I want to give you like a super cheesy answer. It's but okay. It's supposed <laughs> to be cheesy. I just want to have a just a successful and sustainable career doing something that I love. Um, and I think that's, that's all I could really ask for. But, um, to, if I had to nail it, narrow it down to one thing that I think would be more sustainable and enjoyable for me, it would be doing a lot of production because do I think that I'm going to love doing cover songs on YouTube five years from now? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure, but what I know really, really piques my interest right now is writing original music and producing it and making my vision come to life. And I don't think that I'm ever going to get tired of that because it is so cool to have an idea in your head and bring it from point A to point B and point B being like, it's out to the world and it's your vision is a reality. It's like, it's the coolest feeling. So I think that's what I would want to do. Is there like a a dream artist you want to produce with? Hmm. at least right now i don't not i don't think so I, i'm a really really big fan of zed and he is a phenomenal producer uh it would be actually this is a, a dream that i have had for a long time is to be the guitar player for him like if he did wow. a if he did a live band act and and sourced out like a live drummer live guitar player live keys um i would love to be his live guitar player that is i've that's blowing my mind just thinking about that setup. That would be mm-hmm. the most unreal. How show. cool would that be? I'm just right. Like, I have the chills right now thinking about that. <laughs> That's insane. I know, man, and I I would I would love to do that. I've heard so many great things about him too, uh, as a person, not only just as like a super talented person, but a really down to earth and just like humble guy. And he is so great at what he does. So he he sounds like he'd be someone amazing to work for he's a legend too he's been so consistent too just that guy yeah he's he's phenomenal it's like he's tapped into something that we're all trying to tap into <laughs> yeah he's he is like total goals <laughs> well before we go is there what advice would you give to guitar players sitting in their bedroom right now listening to this podcast or driving guitar players that just play guitar and don't have a lot of exposure that want to become successful in any way what advice would you give to those guys and girls and everybody? My, of course, man. Uh, my my go to uh, piece of advice on this because I do get asked quite a lot. I think what you should do, and something that has always helped me, is to just start recording yourself because you're going to listen to it back, and you know you might be pleasantly surprised, or there might be things that you want to change. And by recording yourself, making videos, um, and playing them back, you're going to be able to you know, kind of gauge what you want to do with it. And then, you know, maybe you're not totally happy with it, but just start putting things out and and see what people say, because you could be pleasantly surprised. I know I was when I did it. I was really blown away by the extremely positive and and supportive response that I got from people. And it really just drove me to want to keep working at it. So So I would, I would say just, yeah, yeah, that, that too, both, both parts of it, they're going to make you better because, you know, I, I remember posting videos eight years ago 
thinking that they were so great, but I look back on them now and I'm like, damn, I've come a long way. And it's, it's really cool to make that comparison, but you'll never know unless you try. And I know that's so corny, but it's so true, man. Like you'll, you have a 0% chance of success if you don't try. So especially today, I mean, you won't know if you don't try because now we can try everything and get a response. Yeah, you really can. Yeah. It's the world of opportunity, man. And it's just waiting for you. Well, Cole, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing the incredible, valuable information. It is such a, it's such a great feeling to know that there's guys like you out there, that there's guitar players out there like you, that there's musicians and you know independent people out there fighting and working so hard to create such great content. So thank you of course, for man. all of it. Thank you for having me. Rock and roll, man. Peace out. All right. See you, buddy. Cool.